Hey guys, quick note before the podcast, hope you guys are having a great week. I just want to let you guys know that if you have any feedback, I'd really appreciate that. Uh, you guys get a hold of me on LinkedIn or my email, uh, that's joe at codessa.io, that's uh, I and the O at the end. Um, yeah, just let me know what your feedback is, what questions you'd want to hear, guess, all that good stuff. I'll keep giving you guys great content and uh, hopefully keep this thing going. All right, have a great day, guys. Uh, now to the podcast. family welcome to another episode of joe momo presents i'm here with a uh, really special guest um she has lots of the uh, recognition lots of re- uh, awards um to name a few ey um, entrepreneur of the year uh top 100 most powerful women um and also top 40 under 40 just to name a few accomplishments um i have uh, desiree bombino with me today welcome desiree Hey, thanks, Joe. Just great to be here. Jumping right into uh, to uh, to the podcast, um, it would be awesome to kind of get the uh, backstory of your um, backgrounds, uh, just to give context to the to the listeners. Sure. Well, it's a very long story, so um, <laughs> I'm not sure we want to start way back in the beginning. Um, but uh, you know, uh, our organization, uh, Suricall, has been through a number of um, iterations. So some by choice and others not by choice, you know, because we had to make changes and do something different um, because what we were doing wasn't working. So, you know, we went uh, back in the day, started out paging communications companies back in 1982, and we were called direct and probably not too many of your listeners because they're probably all young, trendy and hip, uh, but um, some of the, if there's some mature uh, talent out there, I'm sure they remember our organization because we did become the largest uh, paging communications company um, in Alberta uh, um, and actually Western Canada. And in, back then, 1982, that was sort of a big innovation, right? The technology of people to sort of transmit, um, you know, and, and page each other and communicate over the airwaves. So um, that was really uh, cool to be in that industry back then when it was booming. Um, we then eventually got into cellular um, and became, you know, Alberta's largest cellular distributor. And we had a number of locations in, you know, Alberta and BC. And, uh, you know, that was uh, very successful uh, to a certain point where, you know, we started seeing things changing with regards to cell phone use and, you know, turning to PDAs and things like that. Um, So people were starting to communicate in very various different ways and technology was changing rapidly. And uh, we eventually, you know, sold that part of our business. But within that business, we had this small dispatch center. And the small dispatch center's paging was going out. So we were trying to figure out what to do. We had a small group of people in this area, and we did not want to, you know, lay them off. They were all good people. And uh, so we ended up um, starting what, you know, back then, still probably in some cases, uh, it's called a phone answering service where we'd answer, you know, after hours for our clients and, and that sort of thing. But uh, we had to do, you know, we, and that worked for, for a number of years, but really wanted to, to do something different. So in 2013, we ended up um, pivoting by starting all over again. So we kind of shut the doors on what we were doing there because it just wasn't working well, not, you know, from cultural sort of aspect, so sort of what um, my 
and uh, becoming the CEO in 2013, um, wanted to really do something um, different. And uh, so we sort of shut down that business, but reopened it um, in uh, under the Nature Call and the new brand, and really, uh, different the style of business we were doing. So we eventually, in, in 2016, uh, to being a purpose-driven social enterprise, uh, becoming a certified B Corporation in 19, and a world leader at utilizing business as a force for good. So also in 2019, we were uh, honored uh, with a, um, you know, a B Corp uh, best in the best for, uh, for community giving, uh, while providing still a really cool, innovative uh, CX solutions to our clients who are now global. So it's okay. kind of been the evolution. Wow, that's uh, that's amazing. Um, it's quite quite a journey, um, and also I always have a soft spot in my heart for uh, uh, companies that give back and uh, have a purpose-driven enterprise. Because as for myself, I also have a uh, purpose-driven organization uh, that I'm a part of. So it's always great to hear other uh, local business leaders that uh, incorporate that into their business. So really do appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, we love it. So yeah, I mean that was a uh, quite 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 a long journey. Um, what made you pursue a uh, career um, in your industry, or I guess entrepreneurship? Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm a very creative person. Um, I think with the right side of my brain, but I do understand it's the lead that will make the final. So I coined a phrase back uh, in 2006: um, "No box thinking." And now it's a beautiful sign in my room. And when we go into all of our sessions, you know, in our, our idea jamming sessions with our team, um, that sign is lit up background so that everyone is aware that, you know, we want creativity, we want exploration, we want to things, all things that are possible and even things that seem impossible. So there's a certain freedom for me that comes from the idea generation entrepreneur and it's something I try to share with my team so that they can all feel like you know entrepreneurs in our organization um, that's you know I find that sometimes that's throttled in more structured business enterprises and really for me it's the crux of all of the great ideas that come out of our business so uh, of course innovation the innovation piece of your question that goes just hand in hand with entrepreneurship um, I love being at the edge of what's next or what can be, and innovation is the key in, uh, to make that, that happen. I agree with you there. Innovation and entrepreneurship have a uh, coexistence. Um, you yeah. have innovation that's, and entrepreneurship and vice versa. So um, that's interesting. That's to hear. What we would use. They have to co coexist, yeah. What was one thing you wish you had known uh, when you began your career? <laughs> There's no one thing. There's <laughs> like some things I wish I'd known, but you know, um, I thought about this and I thought, you know what, I wish I had read, um, which I read or much later, too late. I wish I had read Richard Carlson's book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, and it's all small stuff because would have, you know, been that would have been that came out in 1997, that book, and near the start of my career in leadership, and I think it would have saved me from a lot of sleeping. Yeah, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, and it's all small stuff, so. Um, I said, you know, that book came out in 1997. And so that was, you know, near the start of my career in leadership. And I think that gave me from a lot of sleepless nights is what I was saying. <laughs> is there anything in particular in the book that uh, really resonated? Well, you know, it was the whole just the idea of when you can really um, drill down 
um, to the root of some of the things that we think are a big issue. And if you could put it into changes everything and it turns all of these things, you know, you worry about and really take up your energy um, and your time, um, you know, from being productive because you're constantly focused and thinking about these little things that really at the end of the day will, will, will not matter. Um, so it moves you uh, to a position of action from action because you are, um, you know, so busy focused on um, the small items. Uh, speaking of uh, s- small items, <laughs> what, was, what was a big failure or challenge that uh, you had to learn from uh, in your, I guess, journey or your career? Um, well, I think probably it's when it was trying to do everything, like doing it all myself and failing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, w- we, when we grow in our industry, we grow rapidly. So um, I didn't put enough resources in place and ended up, um, you know, uh, uh, in I think it was 2014, I ended up getting very sick. Um, I was blood in- fighting a blood infection. I landed in hospital and I was actually doing payroll from my hospital bed on a laptop with an IV and an antibiotic pick in my heart. So, yeah, not good, not good. So um, what I learned from that is I learned to, first of all, trust my team, right? I developed a real deep trust uh, for my team to be able to handle things for me. I developed a succession plan and put that in place just in case, you know, something doesn't go all that well. Mm. And uh, and I also is that if you are not healthy, uh, not only can you not help yourself, but you can't help others. So those are three things that came out of that lesson. You got to make sure you're okay before you, uh, I guess, impact other people or um, help other people. Like what, That's what, right. You have to take care of yourself. Exactly. Exactly. That kind of dovetails into my next question. Um, what advice would you give somebody wanting to uh, take on this crazy journey that we call entrepreneurship or um, business? I would say absolutely do it. It will be the most exhilarating and at the same time, terrifying experience, <laughs> but you're gonna love it. Um, but I, I, the advice I would give is to, to be kind to yourself. Um, we so hard to help our teams to be successful and to support them in their endeavors. And we are so hard on ourselves when things don't go exactly as we planned. So don't expect everything to work out exactly, um, you know, perfect. And if, you know, if you're waiting uh, for that to happen, you know, perfection to happen, it's going to be a long, long time before you're happy with your performance or the performance of your team. So I would also say that um, when a crisis, use it because it's a gift. Uh, it's a gift that will help you to become more resilient and um, strong as a, team, as a business. Uh, for me, it's an opportunity to learn to become a better person. So never, ever waste a good crisis. So those are kind of the two pieces of advice. I would Absolutely. Give. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't waste a good crisis. What uh, do you think your unique skills are that's um, helped you become successful in your journey? I, I think I would go back to that resilience piece. Um, I have had many, many crucibles in my life, and I've been able to bounce back from some amazing, devastating experiences, um, you know, mostly from my early childhood and teen years, but those things serve me really well still today. Uh, when I have something to compare some of the tough stuff I deal with, you know, on a daily basis or some of the hard decisions I have to make, I go to, go to that place to get strength. I also believe that, you know, great leadership is intuitive. I think intuition, my gut check, has almost always been right. 
And I realized that, you know, intuition is a combination of experience, you know, all the things that I learned over the years and instinct. Um, but I look at it as when you combine both the heart and the head, you get wisdom. So, you know, I think those are the sort of things that have helped me to be successful through the years. Um, yeah, resilience always comes up as a uh, uh, common theme in a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, I, I'm always curious, what, how does one build resilience? Like for you personally, has, has there been anything that's uh, kind of personally helped you build that resilience or is it kind of just more innate and uh, just um, DNA, I guess? No, I think, I think every, yeah, I think everyone has it within them to build resilience. I think, you know, the, if you go through some difficult things in your life um, or you're, you're faced with challenges, uh, early on, I think it really helps you later in life uh, to develop that resiliency and that inner strength, intestinal fortitude, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and um, but I also think that you know if you have good support around you and um, you know you have people that are there to listen and hear you, I think that also you know to to bring you back up when you need when you need somebody to you know really um, help you see through the fog, right? And I think that's. An important part is having a good community, supportive community around you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And going back to that, having that uh, great team as well, that's always uh, helpful during a uh, crisis time or um, tough times as well. So, Well, you, you know, you, you really learn what your team is made of, right? <laughs> so yeah, <absolutely>. uh, <laughs> leaders, leaders truly prevail in, you know, time, tough times. So you, you find out who those great people are. Well, we, we, uh, we, we look to those leaders as uh, beacons of light uh, in murky, murky waters and murky times. So, um, yeah, I agree with you there. What is one common myth about uh, what you do or uh, your, your industry or business line of work that uh, you want to, to debunk? Um, debunking. Let's see. I think there's two things. Uh, one is internal. And uh, that internal one is that con uh, contact centers are sweatshops and that they don't <laughs> treat their people well. Um, this has changed dramatically, obviously, over many, many years, um, where now people can get certified in CX, their career paths associate them, the jobs are good paying jobs within the industry. Um, so I think, you know, uh, when you talk about people working in call centers, sometimes you still get that kind of look. Uh, you know, uh, oh, the industry, but it really has changed and, and it's become a, a fantastic industry to be part of and very uh, tech and very innovative. So um, I love the fact and where this whole CX um, sort of mission is going. Um, the external myth probably wanted is that call agents cannot provide the same kind of experience to customers as an, outs uh, um, as an outsourced entity. I think um, we have done a great job here at SureCall with regards to partnering with large entities who are actually astounded by the talent and how we manage their processes and customer interactions to the point um, that they feel we do it better than they could ever have done it and they continue to move more of their in-house services to us. So we specialize in that customer experience and because we specialize in it, we're constantly monitoring it daily uh, for service levels, quality, uh, we have outstanding LMS firms that are designed better than what our clients can produce house. And our culture and brand is what our clients want for business. So outsourcing is a great option, more cost effective than in-house and enables, you know, our customers to focus on their core offerings and the growth and success of their organizations. So I think that's really the two things that, you know, people um, or, or, or most businesses worry about when they want to outsource to a call center is like, how well do you treat your people? 
and how are you going to be able to manage all of the complicated um, processes that we have in-house. That's a quite interesting uh, internal myth. Uh, I know that's kind of always floated around, but uh, from what you're saying and what I've read and done research about uh, you guys, you guys seem to be very uh, well-run, very uh, specialized. Um, I'm sure that's uh, really helped you guys along the way. I know you touched on uh, Richard Carlson, but uh, what have you read or listened to recently that's uh, inspired you? Um, you know, in all honesty, I um, haven't had a chance to, <laughs> to <laughs> do reading the, the last uh, little while because we have um, uh, been pretty busy um, scaling out rapid, rapid scale-up mode, actually. And then, of course, it hit. Uh, and that changed a lot of, you know, where I was spending my focus. But I do love Steve Jobs' biography, uh, very cool. And I like Simon Sinek's Start With Why. Um, but that has not been as inspiring, believe it or not, to me as something I just recently read. It was a blog by Victor Chang. He's an consultant at McKinsey. He's ranked in the top 10 consultants in the world. He sent out a commentary on the current COVID pandemic and very succinctly described the situation, how to contain it, and uh, what we can, and what, and he talked a lot about what we can and what we cannot control. Also about the history of these types of events, uh, and the fact that very good things come in. So it makes you feel not only that, you know, this too shall pass that everybody's been talking about, but it makes you feel not only will this pass, but we're going to gain a lot from it and be better because of it. So I found that very inspiring right now. Mm -hmm. That's always uh, great uh, wisdom. Like you're saying, heart plus the head um, equals wisdom. Um, but yeah, I think definitely um, kind of navigating through these times and getting those encouraging words and uh, insights um, would lead to lots of uh, inspiration uh, for, I guess, anybody reading that. How has Calgary changed uh, when you first started uh, to now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been in Calgary since three years old, so Calgary's changed a lot. Um, but it went, um, I think Calgary went from being sort of like, pardon the term, but like redneck small town, mm. only kind of <laughs> profoundly focused on our energy and agriculture industry, um, to, and, and we still are, but I think uh, we've been enlightened quite a bit to maybe a high-tech cultural mecca even. Uh, we have an underground tech sector here that, that is emerging in quite extraordinary and arts and culture community that you know is best in class. So I sit on several boards, including the you know Chamber of Commerce here, and uh, I was part of the board National Music Center when we were able to National Cultural Museum to the West, which in itself is an amazing feat. Um, Calgary, you know, has been named one of the top five places in to live in the world for the past, I think it's been six or seven now. Um, so I believe that comes with good reason. I just hope this current threat we're going, you know, to our economy that we're going through doesn't diminish the spirit and the grit that this city has because that's what made us who we are. Going back to, um, sorry, I keep asking you about what you're curious about. I'm just uh, interested. Uh, is there anything in uh, particular you're curious about right now? Right now, uh, I'm curious about life after COVID, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Specifically, um, but specifically like the change in consumer behavior, right? That will be impacted 
uh, by this um, pandemic, like how people buy, how will people eat, how will people entertain themselves and socialize after COVID. And I'm hoping we're all looking sort of to the horizon and the future of business and how things may change and that we're paralyzed current circumstances because we all need right now to be very proactive about the future of work, the future of our livelihoods and our economic sustainability. So, you know, that's kind of where my curiosity is lying right now. Mm. Is there any, um, I guess, initial thoughts to, to those questions in your mind? Yeah, you know, well, I think, no, I think that, I think definitely there, there's going to be a change in consumer behavior. I think people who weren't always, I mean, we've always had the people who buy online and the people who order, you know, uh, through, you know, for delivery for food and get their groceries delivered to them. But I think through this, more people have had to do that, you know, than ever before. And I think if they had any kind of um, preconceived about utilizing food delivery or utilizing online you know, to buy your clothes or work, and they've had a good experience with it, that it's probably changed their behavior of how they, you know, buy, how they eat, you know, what their groceries, um, and how they entertain themselves and, and specifically socialize. I'm concerned about how we come out of this. And if we're all going to, like, even bands, uh, being released, travel bans and things like that, are people still going to be sort of tentative and scared to, you know, be in large groups with other people or, you know, football games going to be half filled or, you know, airplanes going to still be half empty because people don't want to take a chance of a resurgence or the fact that they're not sure, you know, if, uh, if virus is under control completely. And, you know, that's sort of thing. I'm curious about how we'll behave after COVID. Absolutely. I think that's uh question in all our minds, even as business owners, I think uh, that consumer behavior piece is uh, very important for us and kind of seeing how uh, the landscape changes after all this is said and done, hopefully sooner than later, but uh, quite interesting um, uh, insights you gave. What's one question that you never get asked that you wish would be asked? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm always scared of what the next question is going to be. Uh, you know, <laughs> people are very uh, interesting. But uh, I think, um, you know, I do a lot of these podcasts and interviews, and it's always about me. Uh, the, the one question I, I would like to get asked more of is like, tell me about your team. Mm-hmm. And yeah, did you answer that question? <laughs> <laughs> tell me about your team. <laughs> oh! Awesome. Yeah, I'd love to tell you about a team. Um, I think it's important for any you know, successful organization or leader to acknowledge, right, that your team is the most important part of your business. So my team is the epitome of diversity, which I love and embody what a radically transparent and caring group is. Um, we have a very unique method for hiring and developing talent. Uh, including uh, a no resume, no interview model. So when we bring people in, um, we utilize a profiling software um, that up with their characteristics, core behavioral norms against culture. They get the score, they get hired. And so it's very unique because, you know, what we're doing is we're, we're sort of, we're not sitting down, we're not asking them skill testing questions. It's not about how much you know or what education you have or where are you for. None of that stuff matters. It's do you fit our cultural ideals and environment, and will you be able to uh, will you fit into the team spirit that you know and values that have within our organization? That's how we bring our team on, and so 
it's been such an amazing, wonderful experience to have this diverse group of thinkers that um, are so positive and energized and just want to contribute and participate. And um, yeah, it's just been a fantastic experience. It's, um, Wow. No uh, resume or no interview uh, onboarding process. So that's really, that's really cool. Yeah, we like it. Where can our listeners connect with you online? Yeah, the best place is LinkedIn because, you know, I've, I've got lots of connections on there and, and people are often asking questions and things like that. So I check it quite often. So the best place is LinkedIn or you could always go to our website, surecalledcc.com. And uh, there are ways to get a hold of me there too. Cool. Um, so yeah, I usually like to end the podcast with uh, maybe a question for the audience or maybe a quote or a story that uh, might uh, resonate with them. Um, well, I thought about, you know, the question because, you know, it's just because we're in an unprecedented time and, you know, this thing is going on right now while well, a podcast is what is your post-COVID success strategy and how will you do business differently post-COVID? And, you know, we need to get, you know, people thinking about that and, you know, so that they're not parallel moment, but they're ready for the future. And so that's the question posed to your very successful and talented audience. <laughs> I appreciate that, Desiree. I really appreciate you being on the podcast. I'm sure um, our audience will uh, get lots of uh, key insights from you and uh, get to know more about you and uh, your business. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate having you on. Well, thanks very much. Oh, I really enjoyed it. Be kind to yourself and stay safe. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right.